Last week, Lionel Messi changed the face of American soccer. He altered the fortunes of brands as big and diverse as Apple and Adidas. And we have the perfect person to talk about this with. It's Monday, June 12th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. If you are looking for a podcast and a person that both keeps you up to date on what's happening in soccer, but more than that, weaves in the poetry and romanticism that makes that sport more than a sport for so many people around the world, you cannot do better than Men in Blazers and its host, Roger Bennett. Joining me now is the inimitable Roger Bennett. Welcome, Raj. Oh, it's a joy to be with you. Well, um, great to have you, especially uh, in, in times like these. So I had all sorts of things that I was planning on asking you when we originally booked this, and I will get to those. But first, let's start with with the major news of the last week, Lionel Messi coming to Miami. So if uh, someone, let's, let's imagine you've got a friend, uh, and you probably do have a friend like this, who is not a big sports fan, you know, maybe has heard the name Messi the way we've heard of the name Michael Jordan. How would you describe the impact of Messi coming to Miami? Well, it's a com- the second question is deeply complicated. I think like ultimately the theoretical moment, I mean, ev- the reality is everybody has heard of Messi. Messi is, is, is in that ether, is in that Michael Jordan ether. Um, and even in the United States um, and has been for about 10 years, I did a story about 10 years ago where Messi and Ronaldo had cracked the top 20 of the monthly ESPN study for when Americans are asked a simple question, who's your favorite athlete? And even 10 years ago, Messi and Ronaldo had cracked that top 20. There was not a single Major League Baseball player that was higher than them. Even more now, tiny little Messi, five foot seven, I do believe is one of the few things from Earth that is visible in outer space when you look down from the moon. He is a transcendent human billboard um, that is audible all over this planet. And MLS, this this league, this young league, this league that had an identity problem in this moment, needed a face. God love it. This week, gobsmacking, went out, and only got itself the the biggest face in world sports, this little gentleman who seven-time MVP. But more than that, forget the football on the field, what he did with Argentina in the World Cup, the World Cup being a global eclipse that strikes the whole planet for an entire month, acted out every single Greek epic poem that we studied as kids and made everybody know who he was. So that friend who doesn't know who Lionel Messi is, I honestly think that person doesn't exist right now. Yeah, and that World Cup, I think if there are any doubts of, you know, he's getting older. There are other stars out there, other people you might choose to, if you could put one person on your team, maybe it's not him anymore. But he, he showed that he's still messy and he can still take over a team and take over a game. Yeah, like LeBron, you know, Messi is 35. He's almost 36. He's just won the MVP, the the Ballon d'Or, his record seventh. You know he is still um, delivering and capable. His game is still very capable of delivering wonder. But it's like LeBron, a declining asset, but still an asset that, at least on the offensive end, um, is 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 peerless and feared and beloved and delivering TikTok clip after TikTok clip after TikTok clip of wonder. Um, and that's Lionel Messi. So what happens on the field is going to be fascinating. That's one narrative. But off it, him arriving in Miami 
you know, the capital of South America, where he already has an apartment, which I've just found out is Porsche, uh, Porsche themed. Um, <laughs> Why not? You know, that, and by the way, we find that out now because this is the white hot heat that drops there. Jimmy Butler uh, in the middle of the NBA playoffs. First, one of the first questions in his press conference, Jimmy, tell us what it means that Lionel Messi is moving to Miami. And by the way, his answer, poetry. And he didn't say, hang on a minute, guy. Why are you asking me that? We've got a championship to win. I've got a focus. He was like, oh, he went off. He even called it football. God bless you, Jimmy Buckets. Um, not that it matters, but God, he was very particular that he called it football. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, within an hour of Lionel Messi signing, gave a, a welcome video. Lionel Messi has no idea who Tyreek Hill is. Um, but this is it. I imagine Jack Harlow is already on a flight over. Uh, to the uh, to whichever game will be his first game, so he can drop in tickets at like 10x, 15x. Um, the the Inter Miami, Inter Miami have become the just by him signing within 24 hours became the most followed team of any sports team in the United States on Instagram. I, I mean Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Into Miami, who are currently 15th out of 15 teams in their conference, surpass them on Instagram. Um, this is the circus that we're only just beginning to experience in the United States with Messi's arrival. Right. And probably, you know, if you would ask 10 Americans, what is Inter Miami a week ago, they would say, yeah, I don't know, is it the neighborhood in Miami or something? Um, is so, and you mentioned earlier that MLS has this, this identity problem or did. Speak to me about that a little bit. Because so many people and corporations are are pouring money into MLS on this bet that soccer football is going to become huge in the U.S., but uh, it is still on its way. So uh, how, how does this, um, you know, change everything? Soccer is huge. Just to be clear, soccer is bloody huge. You know, uh, ultimately, the, the rise of, you know, the, the Men in Blazers media network, um, the rise of the Premier League, uh, the rise of the Champions League, the rise of the NWSL, the Women's World Cup, um, all of this stuff, massive numbers, uh, massive commercial uh, interest for, uh, for various uh, reasons and all this, and really surging, particularly in demo area. Um, I mean, this, this just to be clear, football is massive, but Americans love the best, um, and the best is played in in England in the Premier League, um, the Champions League. Uh, you know, big teams in each country: Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, a couple of sprinkling of the Italian teams, and that's a massive problem. MLS is is so bloody young; it's incredible. Nothing is a given. You know, the tectonic plates underneath football constantly are shifting. I mean, you just have to look at what Saudi Arabia have done uh, in the past five years and what they're doing. This story is all going on against the background of, of Saudi Arabia giving uh, aging footballers for now, but aging giants fortunes. They offered Lionel Messi reportedly $1.3 billion over two years to come to Saudi Arabia. His wife's like, nah, don't fancy that. Don't fancy being up our kids there. Um but he, he decided Miami. And by the way, as you say, it was a very creative deal. Huge credit to MLS. So MLS have this problem. They are growing, but there's a there's a food chain of leagues and they're you know working their way up that food chain. And the, the couple of problems are, and I may be going a bit insider for your audience here, um, 
is the number one, the kind of famous, the, the category of talent, the famous, the legendary stars. Zlatan's been here. You know, um, Beckham in the past came here, did an incredible job and what a role he's played in this messy thing. But Beckham, you know, they're going to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia are offering you know, really bloody good players, but they're offering them $117 million a year to go and play in Saudi Arabia for reasons we can talk about if that's interesting to you. So first of all, they're getting blown out of that category. Um, and then the young American player, the Christian Pulisic, the Tyler Adams, uh, the Gio Reyna, these young kind of 18 to 23-year-old um, stud who used to come through in MLS and stay there for a while. And if if they could move to Europe, but probably in their 23s, 24s, um, you know, the Tim Ream path, he's a, a player that played in, in New York Red Bulls for, a, for a, a decent amount and then, you know, ground his way up in England. They just before, around 2018, when we failed to qualify for the World Cup in a really dark moment for the sport, around that time, it started before, but really went on mass afterwards. The young talent, like Soddis, we've realized if we want to thrive, we've got to go and play with the best, for the best, in the best leagues we can. And they went on mass to Germany, to Belgium, the ones that could went to England, France, uh, Italy. And there was an exodus of this young talent. So MLS couldn't even market itself as a place where the best Americans play their football anymore. Um, and so this season has been hard. It has been hard. They've just done this deal with Apple, uh, this incredible deal with Apple, um, it, a, a, an inventive deal, a huge risk for the MLS going behind um, going behind the paywall, huge risk for Apple, um, a huge risk for both sides. And they were trying to market this league at a real moment of identity crisis and so what have they done here? They've gone out, as I said earlier, brought in the biggest bloody name in football. You think we got an identity crisis? We're Messi's league now. And suddenly they've gone from, you know, challenging uh, in terms of which household name is in this league playing and what's on marketing angle, what's a hook to be like, oh crap, we've got possibly, the yeah, yeah I will say it, the greatest player I've ever seen with my own eyes. Um, consistently, a man who... You know, there's a poet, uh, Eduardo Galeano, a Uruguayan poet who died a couple of years ago. I got to interview him, an incredible poet of football. And he said to me, he said, Diego Maradona played football as if the ball was stuck to his foot. Um, Lionel Messi plays as if the ball is actually inside his sock uh, as he runs. He's, that, he's, he's a demigod. And he, we are all going to pay witness as he rolls across America. And God love MLS, an incredible way, a very expensive way, but an incredible way to to solve a massive problem in the most creative and I think um, beautiful fashion. And you saw things in that deal that I can't remember seeing anywhere else where he's getting a slice of the Apple deal. He's somehow getting, and we don't, I don't think we know the details yet, but he's getting a slice of the Adidas deal. And so, and of course, it's worth it if you're Apple to, you know, I don't know what slice he's getting, but that MLS deal that Apple has is worth so much more now that Messi is in the league. And obviously same with Adidas. Now they can sell jerseys that say Messi on the back and have a little Adidas logo on the front and everyone wins. So yeah, of, of course they'll say like, okay, yeah, you can have our little slice because we're getting so much more back. 
Yeah, I mean, Messi is in a rare ether in sports because he's actually made himself priceless. He's like the Mona Lisa or the, the crown jewels in England. Almost nobody can bloody afford him. That's how great he is. And his team that he came through with, that he won 10 titles with, four Champions Leagues, Barcelona, they wanted him so badly. He wanted to go back. You can hear the pain in his eyes, like salmon swimming upstream. He wanted to do that. Um, Barcelona are in financial meltdown. They have sold off every asset to try and keep up with the oligarchs and shake-driven football. They're a financial mess. They couldn't afford him, and he realised that, and he even admitted it with heavy heart when he said he was coming here. Um, that really left Saudi Arabia, who offered him, I mean, genuinely, how many oil refineries did you want, Lionel? And his wife's still like, I don't care. I'm not living in that ref- in the messy refinery with my three kids and my beautiful dog, Senor Hulk. She's like, um, I love Miami. I love Miami. My kids can learn English. So this is all the great assets that MLS has. Uh, we're very happy there. We're away from, I mean, again, America allows footballers to live, quote, the most normal life. There's a great photograph yesterday of Anton Griezmann, who's uh, an incredible French footballer, uh, plays in Spain, really just a massive figure. And there's a photo of him on the New York subway, on his own, just going downtown, um, no one recognizing him. He's just strap hanging. God love footballers. Even the greatest can still get a degree of anonymity. Messi won't, but um, but there's a there's a there's a there's at least a a nod of uh, of normality. And as you say, this deal that uh, the MLS put together the, um, the 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 fee, the size of the fee. Um, we still don't know the salary, but it will be sizable. The opportunity to own part of Inter Miami when he leaves, which is a an incredible appreciating asset. Um, and then this Apple slice that he will get a percentage of upticks and subscriptions from global broadcast um, profits. Um, and the Adidas kicking in with the same for um, for their brand with his arrival. I mean, it's deeply unprecedented. It's deeply inventive. Huge respect to MLS and to Don Garber uh, for pulling this off. But we're about to see with the World Cup coming too. That's the other piece. You know, we're going to see in Miami, uh, Messi courtside with Jimmy Buckets, high-fiving tour ahead of Dolphins games. But the World Cup's coming. Um, 2026, the Men's World Cup, which is game-changing in its own right. So these two tidal waves for football are going to collide in this country and, and truly transform it. Yeah, and just you triggered a memory on that, you know, that being able to take the train and just have no one notice you. I remember seeing a quote from Barack Obama after he became, you know, Barack Obama uh, saying, like, I just miss taking walks. Like, I, I just want to leave my house, walk around the block, get a sandwich, go home. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny, you know, some of these footballers that come over here, um, I was speaking to a famous footballer, very famous, who played for in New York. Um, and I asked him what he liked about it. He said, you know, I can just go into a restaurant and not be noticed. I was like, what restaurant have you been enjoying? He goes, there's a restaurant here called Hooters. I really love it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've walked with the German manager, the manager of the German national team up Fifth Avenue when I was interviewing him. Uh, and we walked past several people wearing German national team jerseys um, who did not, you know, didn't even give him a second look. And and so there's still an element of that. Messi will not get that. I mean, Messi, Messi is is a global um, phenomenon um, to the extent that he will even shatter that. Um, 
But he, the, the World Cup coming, the size of the audience, the size of the commercial tidal wave that will come with him colliding with the commercial tidal wave around the, the World Cup. This, these are the two transformative things that are going to drive the game on the men's side. Um, in ways we really dreamt about in 1994 when the World Cup came here the first time and it was meant to do it then. It's just taken a little longer. Yeah, right. And everyone that I can see in this this world of sports and business is is betting, you know, probably accurately that soccer will become the next big thing in the U.S. when the World Cup comes here. And everyone, yeah, I mean, people get so excited, you know, when it's in, in Qatar. And so, of course, it's going to be enormous when it's in, what, 15 U.S. cities. Uh, I wanted to hit one more topic before we, we have to let you go, uh, which is what I was going to ask you about, what I was going to spend the whole episode talking about before uh, Messi came. You know, Messi had his huge impact, which is um, uh, this whole idea of financial fair play. So we're recording on Friday Man City is going for the treble this weekend to try to finish off its dominance of Europe by winning the UEFA Champions League. Uh, but also we may learn very soon that they've been cheating the rules financially, and they're probably not the only ones. So if you could just give us the lay of the land here, and how should we think about a dominant team that could well be, you know, dominant through its its financial wheelings and dealings. Yeah, this is this is a tough one to explain to an American casual audience. Um, so, you know, American sports is, we are the land of the free. We are the free market people in everything apart from our sports, which are really someone once described. I think Jason Concepcion, I think, said it's run, the, run the, by socialism for rich guys. Like, um, essentially with your draft picks for those rewarding the terrible performance in in England, if you do terribly, you get relegated, you get flung into yeah, triple A in baseball anymore. Yeah, see ya, you failed. Yeah. Here it's like, oh, draft picks, you get the number one draft pick, buddy. Um, yeah, uh, rev share, salary cap, all these things that are meant to just essentially get parity. Um, football is the uh, European football is the wild west. It really is, and um. In the early 2000s, oligarchs started to come in um, and then sheiks uh, followed them um, and they all had their reasons. And in terms of the, 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 the Petro uh, uh, states, they, you know, from a very difficult neighborhood, a complicated geopolitical neighborhood, would we be speaking about Qatar right now? Would we be speaking about Abu Dhabi um, in the same way we are if they hadn't, um, you know, invested so deeply in Formula One? Um, Saudi Arabia and golf, as we've seen this week, um, and and all of them in football, which is Formula One times golf times a hundred. You know, football is. You know, I, I, um, Abu Dhabi brought Manchester City in two thousand and eight, and the same day as they did, they brought a microchip conductor factory somewhere in uh, Silicon Valley, there or thereabouts. The the, the microchip conductor deal was like ten x what Manchester City was, and what shocked. Um, Abu Dhabi was like the the microchip conducting was like a local news story or in Crane's business in a tiny little buying Manchester City was just a thunderous roar heard around the world and that's what football is football is is just this it's this megaphone through which you can speak to the whole world and not just speak but you know rationally if you have complications Saudi Arabia uh, the Khashoggi murder um, bombing Yemen the human rights record, that's all rational. Um, as we saw with Qatar, you know, rationally, there was a lot of stuff that was very 
abhorrent. I made a show about it with Crooked Media called World Corrupt about why would Tiny Qatar even want the World Cup? Uh, what were they trying to cover with sp- what's called sports washing? Um, and the, the, the Saudi Arabia have gone out and brought Newcastle United, made them a power in English and European football to come. They're now buying up the best players, moving them to Saudi Arabia. They want very much to have the World Cup in 2030. And that's football used with infinite money to really for an ulterior motive in their case to make the world emotionally because football is emotional you can know there's a rational human rights challenge in Qatar but the second you hear Andreas Cantor scream Messi go and you're watching something transcendent you're like Qatar you're like oh my god Argentina you're like this oh Moroccan team of wonder you're like come on America come on Tyler Adams do you think you're feeling emotional uh that ultimately always devastate the rational. And so Manchester City were brought by Abu Dhabi. Um, They've both been incredibly smart, deeply strategic. If you're a Manchester City fan, you say, we got Pep Guardiola, who's like Bill Belichick times 100, Catalan Bill Belichick, just levels above everybody else. He's put together a squad of geniuses. You're just jealous because our level is, our football level is four dimensions. Everyone else is playing in three. And it, they are the best team we've ever seen, the deepest squad. The bench, the substitutes bench alone could beat almost every other team. It's like watching Xerxes, the sun god, in, in 300 unleashing war elephants and and, and, um, and and just the undead against all comers. It's like nothing. It's just a relentless wave after wave of footballers. Um, but... Um, the Premier League itself, Manchester City are a dynasty. They've won five of the last uh, six titles uh, in England. And the Premier League, this would be like the NFL um, taking on, um, well, New England at their peak, but in 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 a way that just undermines everything that they stood for. Uh, this is deflate gate times a million. They've taken a hundred and fit. They've hundred and fifteen charges of financial uh, meltdown, uh, financial skullduggery, which essentially suggests, yes, you've done this, but you've done this by cooking the books, by paying people off the books, um, by uh, not uh, allowing us to see the book. There's 115 quite startling charges. And the Premier League is currently moving this through its due process. It's very bloody slow. It may take two to four years before we find out what the judgment is. Um, and so we're this, in this limbo where we emotionally watch this team and we'll watch tomorrow where they play in the Champions League final with Wonder. They will probably win. They'll probably complete the treble with the three biggest trophies that they could have won. It will be marvellous, but it will also be a shadow of a huge asterisk uh, that will be cast over it. Um, and that battle is still to be fought because the battle... Owen, is ultimately about whether we were watching true competition all of this time as we watched in wonder, jaw-dropping wonder at these incredible footballers about whether there was fair competition going on at all the whole time we were we were just watching in awe. Roger Bennett, come back soon. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Uh, Owen, you're a beautiful man. Godspeed. We're living in incredible days for people who love this sport in this nation. That's it for today. Game five of the NBA Finals is on tonight, and we have a Hall of Famer on tomorrow. Rate us and review us on your podcast app. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.